Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer. For years to come, try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Scotland march closer to another major tournament, which will soon be ten a penny. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, the 8th of September. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Luke Moore. And that is the top story, but it's not the top, top story, is it, Well, I'm Luke Moore. <laughs> <laughs> You're very insistent on being Luke Moore, though. I was. I just got into it. Do you know what happened? I, I thought... Character. I've got to do my name in a minute. I've just finished this bit, and it came. And I was like, Luke Moore, God, do it. Do you sometimes forget? No, but I... I it's like a character you put on, isn't it, to yeah. come to the ramble? Now we know what the tattoo different. means. Yeah, exactly. I'm not like this in real life. No, I'm actually all right. What's the top story, Andy Brassel? What is the top story? Would you say it's Andy Brassel 5, Luke Moore 3? Would you say that? Yeah. I wouldn't want to get involved, frankly. Yeah, so those who don't know, although we trailed it, I think, those that don't know, um, Andy and I went to um, Plough Lane last night, which I bloody enjoyed. First time visiting Plough Lane uh, in its new stadium, obviously, on the site of the old dog track in Wimbledon. And um, Yes. Yeah, it's cool. I did so like that old place. Yeah. Do you know what? It's great. It's actually great. Uh, really, really cool stadium. Great place to go and watch football. Uh, an interesting uh, size of crowd as well for the for the game. But yeah. then, then again, Pompey were in town, so it makes sense. 
Uh, and then, I hope you're not diminishing the meaning of the Papa John's trophy. To I would never do that. The Brackets Group J. Out there. I only went there. I, yeah, I only went there. Southern Division Group J. <laughs> I, I only went there for free pizza, which didn't manifest itself. But what can you do? It did um, feel like there were a lot of fans there who were new from the area, mm. which is quite, so nice. which is quite nice. Yeah, and, and I do the community think, embracing it. And I do think wherever possible, and obviously as as Kate said, we'll come on to the uh, to the old World Cup qualifiers in a minute. But wherever possible, we should talk about the actual football as much as we can. Mm. So we thought we'd mention it today. I um, it was an amazing game, and and five three doesn't tell the whole story because Portsmouth um went a goal down inside a minute. Which is, uh, you know, the, 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 pretty standard. It's, it's a traditional thing to do down the south coast. I mean, it's just part of our, our culture. Uh, <laughs> and then two nil down, and then roared back to three two, to which made me very arrogant on the ramble Instagram, as you'd expect. And then Wimbledon roared back themselves to finish it five three. Some would say you created the last three Wimbledon goals yes. with that post of me with the shades on. Uh, yeah. yeah. And can I also say, to sum up the evening in one sentence, yeah. we're in the club shop because Andy's buying a couple of shirts for his, for his boys. And uh, he said to me, just almost like whimsically, I never thought I'd see AFC Wimbledon in the, uh, in the, in the AFL trophy. And I just Aww. said... I never thought I'd see Pompey in there, but for entirely opposite reasons. <laughs> and that is what I was so interested about. And I assume this is, were you going for fun or are you, you're doing an at the match? Are you? No, we were going for fun. Oh, you're yeah, going for, for fun. fun. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. I was excited. There's to no at the match episode. Um, finally be in, to finally be invited along because obviously I wasn't last night. But anyway, um, <laughs> I thought it was quite interesting as a, as a fan experience, as a fan, fan mm. dynamic, because obviously your, your lot, Wimbledon, sort of delighted to be in League One and be playing in these kind of t- trophies. Mm. Yeah. And Portsmouth are just... T- you know, disgusted yeah. at the situation. Well, it's, it's Endless hellscape. Yeah. Because being a Wimbledon fan, it's just a constant stream of, I can't believe we're in the same division as these. Yeah. But with Portsmouth and actually with Sunderland, it's yeah. begun to wear off a little bit. Yeah. Because they've been there for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Ipswich, I think you've still just about got a bit of that. Yeah. But Portsmouth did make a lot of changes last night. They had an emergency loan goalkeeper in there as well. Uh, Wimbledon's goalkeeper is about five foot six, by the way. Amazing. First professional game. Zaki Uala, because he has been oh, the congrats. he has been the training goalkeeper yeah. for seven years, and this year they gave him a contract to be the backup goalkeeper. That is gorgeous. And you know it's amazing, been, right? Even cuter. Andy and his mates sponsor him. How do you mean? They pay they pay a few hundred quid a season, right? And you Does get him in the program. Do you have your pick that stand up no, picture no, no. of Andy Brussel on his chest? It's on the program. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the. He's, he's that the program is a great stuff. idea. You're missing a revenue stream here. Yeah. AFC Wimbledon. <laughs> uh, uh, in in uh, real community clubs like Wimbledon. Uh, that's not even a dig and, it, and I think they still do it at Portsmouth as well you can sponsor a player to be in the programme to have your presence in the programme yeah. you get like a dinner at the end of the season right? yeah and, and they give stuff. you their signed shirt and all that yeah. sort of fizzle. Mm. it's a nice yeah. thing there's, there's something in it for Bryce I mean, as well that, it's not just his shirt will be fitted I mean, it'll fit Andy's son this shirt he's so small <laughs> oh, <bless him. laughs> lots of changes in the game between Austria and Scotland last night which was final score 1-0 uh, Scotland Lyndon Dykes penalty enough to win that one. It was great. It was a great fighting game, wasn't it? And you looked it looked as though Scotland, they played, what was it, three games in six days. Totally gruelling. Ridiculous, yeah. you would yes, say. Absolutely gruelling for sure. And they did extremely well. And their, their, their regeneration has been about getting results on the road, really, mm. hasn't it? You know, you look at Serbia and you know, it's, it's it's pretty impressive. If you look at them player for player, there is no way on God's green earth that Scotland should be beating Austria it's because, because it's, it's a good set of players so it's a really incredible result um, obviously Franco Foda the Austria coach I mean it's not one of those really difficult ramble ones where like you know Harry Kane says he's going to stay five minutes after we publish 
but I bet you Franco Foda, the Austria coach, is gone by the time we're out of it. Oh, right. Nice. Okay. You were saying that to me yesterday. I, I, and, and really, what Scotland have, have needed to do, because Denmark are out of sight, good team. Mm. Still, weirdly, even still underrated now for some reason. Still yeah. Fantastic. 5 team. 0 win last night. Exactly. Just to seal exactly. it all. Yeah. Kate, they've picked up exactly where they left off the, the summer, and, and they're a good team. It's not a coincidence. They've scored 22 goals and conceded none so far, and they had a brilliant um, tournament in the summer. So Scotland need to make themselves best position to come second place in that group. And by beating Austria away, that's a massive step towards it. Huge, but, huge. But, but I mean, and why, why are Austria so bad? I don't, I don't understand why they've found it so difficult in this group. They've had some really poor results. They got battered at home by Denmark. They lost at home to Scotland, obviously, as we've said. Um, yeah, some, some really weird, weird results. But I felt this way going into the Euros, that they weren't going to be up to much. And out mm. of nowhere, they pulled out a couple of decent performances, including the one against Italy, of course, where they, mm. where they went out, because especially in the second half of that, they were really, really good. But on the whole, they've not looked great for a while. Um, they've obviously had an issue where they should best play David Alaba. Mm. I tend to think they overthink that a little bit because they've got better players around them than they sometimes give themselves credit for. Mm. Um, so they're just a bit disjointed. And it was all happening in the set pieces at, at both ends. And Scotland got the got the best of that with that sort of hinteregger wrestle, that wasn't was it? So weird. So that, that the, was a really interesting that gave away the penalty. It's a really interesting passage hands of play. On the shoulders, yeah. wasn't it? Really, and two hands on one shoulder. It was a proper VAR penalty mm. for sure. And there's a similar thing the other end, which wasn't looked at, which was odd. But that's always going to be the case. I mean, you can't yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what I found funny. So I, first of all, I really want to credit Shay Adams, proper handful, brilliant international yeah. striker. Yeah. It's no coincidence that he's he was excellent last night. He's just so difficult to to deal with. Obviously, he he was a guy who won, sure. wins the penalty as well. But the co-commentator, I don't know who it, I don't know who it was. The co-commentator when he saw that the um, the decision might be to var look at this thing for a penalty. He starts talking about the what um, Hinteregger's been doing and then he just he just can't resist it. When the referees look at the screen, he just goes, go on, give it us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes! Yeah. <laughs> it was like Limmy had gone into the commentary box for like a couple of seconds. It was yeah. so good because he was saying, he spent the whole of the run-up to it saying, oh yeah, no, that's not really a penalty, yeah. is it? Go on, <laughs> like, give it us. Come on. <laughs> There were some good. There were some good little saves at both ends. Uh, good one in the 78th minute when they were battling from Craig Gordon for, for Scotland to I keep mean, the, that clean sheet. The Craig I, Gordon thing's interesting, isn't it? Go on, because yeah. he pops uh, up I, with, with big saves for them. He, he does, and it's, it's it's funny because I guess we don't talk about Scottish football that much on here. It's been one of those things that's occurred to me at the start of the season. I'm interested to know how. I know some Celtic fans feel like this. The fact that they moved on from Craig Gordon. They've not got anyone better to replace him. And he's still a really, really good goalkeeper who, as you say, makes really important saves. He's... uh, And it's been been a problem position for Celtic. It has. But if you look at Scotland, they've had great goalkeepers... I mean, really, consistently Mm. across... I mean, obviously, there's going to be exceptions to that. But he he seems to pop up time and time again with big saves for them. Obviously, he's club captain at Hearts now. Um, which is a big responsibility. And, and as he's a senior pro, you'd expect him to, to kind of flourish in that role. But Scotland have got good um, players throughout, really. You talk about Austria being player player for player much better than Scotland. I mean, I do understand what you mean. I know Austria were missing Sabitzer last night, right? Yeah. So that's a, that's a big miss. They had quite a few missing. Yeah, he, he's a fantastic player. But still, you look, you look at the players that are in that team and they're all good Bundesliga players, plus Alaba, plus Arnautovic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. But, but Scotland have got, you know, Shadow's a real hand for that level. 
Um, Linden Dykes, I love watching him. He's, mm. he, he's, he seems to really enjoy playing for Scotland. And he Jock- got the most out of properly leathering that penalty, didn't he? <laughs> oh, he did, yeah. McGinn Mag- is a good Premier League player. Yes. Gilmore's a really exciting prospect, one of the he best is. young prospects around. You know, there, there's Tierney, there's, there's Robertson, there's, there's, there's players all over the place there. I've, I've, I don't really think it's too ambitious to say, particularly what's happened with Austria. And of course, Scotland have played their part in that by beating them away. That Scotland should be gunning for that second place in that group. They really should. I, I, I think now the position they're in, they've got Denmark to play, obviously, but they play them at home. They've got Israel at home. Uh, and they go away. The two away games are really winnable. Four away is Moldova. So yeah, they've got comes, to be going for second. Always comes down to Scotland, Israel, doesn't it? Oh, it's, uh, it does seem to. Always. It does I seem am, to. But what's back in the Pharaoh's And a Portugal What's the Pharaoh's perspective? <laughs> that was going to be my, 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 my question. <laughs> I was going to say, always come down to Scotland, Israel, or, or a Portugal playoff game. <laughs> Portugal's always in the playoffs. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason I mentioned the, the saves is because, you know, got to give some credit to Watford's Daniel Bachman. Lovely save off that Linden Dykes header in the first 10 minutes, but he did have one of those moments where he kicked the turf instead of the ball when he was trying to make a clearance. Happens to the best of us. Nearly, nearly damaged his, his own knee. Also, I do think it's really about the penalty, isn't it? Which was the decisive bit in the game. I mean, it's not often that you see a penalty scored where you blame the goalkeeper, mm. but that was one of them. Mm. There we go. Boo. Mm. All right then. Well, congratulations. Oh, also before we before we move on, nice to see uh, Paul McGinn get his debut for Scotland yeah. at the age of thirty. Yeah, the Hibs defender. Yeah, the McGinn brothers are outstripping the McGann brothers. I was going to say. I, 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 <laughs> I'm pretty sure Marcus has got a story about. Oh no, it's not Marcus. Someone I know has got a story about the McGann brothers. Can't tell on the air. I don't know why I mentioned this. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> carry on. Thank you for self editing. Yeah, no, no worries. That saves us a lot of time. Uh, actually, easier for the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so a team effort here at the round. Congratulations. Scotland 1-0 final score there. Ireland 1-1 with Serbia, Milinkovic, Savic. Uh, after 20 minutes, little own goal. And then Milinkovic with an 87th minute equaliser. I mean, no Thank you for that, gents. Way, there is no way that Ireland was scoring apart from that goal. Really it was, was an there. absolute pinball effort. <laughs> <laughs> he, he basically just said, I could control, in a controlled manner, clear this, or I could absolutely traction engine it as hard as possible which he decided to do and it obviously looped up and went back in over his own goalkeeper but but um for the Milinkovic Savic header um Pazuna in the um in the Ireland goal who's playing for Portsmouth at the moment obviously yeah. which is why we had to use an emergency loan keeper last night another story but anyway save 10 shots though he made a brilliant he had a brilliant game and he, he made some amazing. brilliant saves he made the best non-save I think I've seen in about 15 years from that header did you see his effort to save it? Yeah. It came flying out of nowhere, got a hand to it. It's still just about winning. It would have been one of the best saves you've ever seen. If you haven't seen it and you're listening, you should go back and watch it because it was fantastic to watch. It's just a brilliant effort. It was like he was so passionate about saving every single shot that um, he even almost saved that one. But it, overall, it, the header was too good. You know? I mean, it's lovely to see. Even though they, they got a hiding for a lot of that game, Republic of Ireland. Yeah. I, it's hard to begrudge them, especially what after what happened against Portugal away, um, where they were so close to what would have been an incredible result. It's interesting um, listening to um, Miguel Delaney, friend of the show, in, in in recent days, saying, you know, there's a lot of talk back in Ireland that you know it, it could be like a Sam Allardyce getting offered the job next up or whatever. But whereas that would improve results in the short term it would be a swerve off this sort of development path that they're on. Oh, bringing in the youngsters, things like that. Because, of course, yeah. Stephen Kenny now still hasn't won a competitive game in 12 yeah. attempts. And I, and I think, Andy, you're right there, but I also think there's, an, there's another aspect of that conversation, which is that success 
breed success as well, though. So the other dimension to that kind of development phase is you need to give the players and the team mm. and the and the fans and everyone experience of some kind of success, yeah. even if it's just a little taste of the biscuit, right? You've never watched the Philadelphia 76 have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. Not really. No, not really. <laughs> That's Luke's personal motto, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Trust the process, mate. Trust the process. <laughs> success breeds success is my motto. <laughs> but anyway, the point being that your Republic of Ireland need to get into a position where they, and that's easier said than done, but they can get, start to build up a little bit of momentum. And the opportunity is something like the Euros because it's an expanded competition now. It is objectively far easier to qualify for. And then they need to somehow qualify for a tournament like that and then build on that going forward. It's not dissimilar, although they've got better players. In terms of a profile of nation, it's not, it's not that dissimilar to Denmark. I mean, in terms of on paper... I, th- I, I know. I know. You, you, th- you look. You look at the talent that's available at the moment. That is the biggest problem. It that, is. That is the biggest problem. But that's, with a, Ireland. But that's a cyclical thing. Denmark aren't always going to have those players. Sure. They're not always going to have that because they're not the profile nation that would. My point being that you know, Republic of Ireland needs. I can't remember who it was that said it, but someone was saying that Ireland or. or a, a nation of that size, they need to be able to go and be completely ruthless, home and away against teams like Azerbaijan, Luxembourg. And then mm. they need to back themselves to have a big night at home against Serbia or yeah. a big occasion at, at home to Portugal yeah. and, and, that, and that, get something. That is, that is fine. As things stand, they simply do not have the players for that. That's true. And also, the other thing I would say, you're, you're right, but what I would also say that they've been a bit unlucky in the draw because depending on what draw you get, you can get two pretty good teams and they've got mm. two pretty good teams here. I know Serbia aren't amazing, but they're better than Ireland. Yeah. And sometimes you can you can see your you can see a nation that only got really one other big team to compete with. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I think that, that's it with Serbia. They they're sort of in the Austria place. If you go back a a, a few years, you know, lots of talent but you know, no cohesive plan. Whereas they're yeah. a little bit nearer that now. And they weren't and they weren't in it and um they didn't just really really deserve to get too much out of the game. Just very quickly finally I I take out this point about the players, but Northern Ireland have achieved a lot with not much with respect to them. And I don't see why excuse me, Republic of Ireland can't do the same. Elsewhere, Turkey lost 6-1. Andy Brussels, Turkey, okay. Use their full name, please. He will be forever. <laughs> can, I just, can I just point Andy, out... Andy, what are your thoughts on your favourite team? My thoughts, uh, some of you mugs, Adam has dark horses for the Euros. <laughs> If you, if you look out, it's because we trust you. I can't at, believe you're sitting there looking us in the face yeah. and taking the piss out of us for having trust in you. Yeah, look, at, <laughs> look at the predictors. Look at the predictors. I had this Republic man is a monster. He's yeah, an absolute Republic. monster. So, the very, the very best. You've sold us a doozy there. You have sold us down the river by by saying Turkey and then mm. choosing someone else. Simply a lesson Russell. on backing your own judgment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just say that game last night, Netherlands. Um, there's a lot to enjoy there. The first two Netherlands goals were amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. And only slightly tempered by the fact that for the rest of the game, Turkey looked like they'd never even played the game before. I, I think that, that is the thing. Those opening two goals were excellent, but the sort that normally, when you're playing five-a-side, a team much better than you scores against you right near the end of the game. Yeah. When everyone's knackered and yeah, dispirited. Up. Not yeah. in the first minute. Yeah, and no, it's true. And also we have um, Louis van Gaal back. Which is just amazing. It's pretty. It's just wonderful. great to have him back, and it's also great to have him because I believe, Andy, you correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that he um, had to field some questions leading up to the game about his negative kind of style and stuff, <laughs> and you can just imagine how <laughs> smug he was having one six one after that. It's just great. Well, to- he was he was pretty smug before it, wasn't he? he I was, mean, I think that might smug. be a major part of a major character attribute. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't think that's related. Setting, yeah, I don't say. think that's related to the game in hand. Turkey's night sort of summed up a little bit by the player who tried to, you know, gob on the floor and accidentally spat on himself. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> it can happen. I mean, what's going to happen with the management at Turkey now, Andy? Well, the, the problem is, Senor Gunes is expensive to sack. That's, yeah. that's the issue. Because he was one of the best paid coaches at the Euros. You said, I remember, And they yeah. were clearly the worst coach team at the Euros. So it's a huge problem for them. But why are we talking about them when we could be talking about Memphis? I know, Hatrick. Yes, sorry, I mean, let's talk about I, Memphis. I, we, we were talking earlier um, off air about the, <laughs> about the fact that replacing Messi is the absolute impossible task. Yeah. But if there's ever a man who's not going to be overawed by it, yeah. because he's so convinced of his own greatness, it's Memphis. Well, he's now tied with Johan Cruyff, Barcelona's <laughs> Johan Cruyff on, uh, incredible. on 33 it's, it's, goals. Um, it's so. um, the second most impressive hat-trick of the night after Ellis Harrison's at Plough Lane last night, of course. Oh, yeah. was, was there a chipped penalty involved, though? That was a great pen. It was yeah. it, it, Memphis's uh, Penenka was, I would say, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Penenka's, as I've said on this show over and over again. But that was one of the best executions because he he brings through the conceit right to the last minute. It was very very well executed. I have to say, Good it, 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 it was a great um, it was a great performance by Netherlands. That's at the heart of a Penenka, though, is your ability to act. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the, to, for so me, that's actually where they <clears throat> fall down normally. Yeah, when when the goalkeeper basically isn't fooled by them essentially. Yeah. But for me, the best a most underrated penalty technique, and I've mentioned this, I still don't think people talk about it enough, is James Milner's way he takes penalties, where he, he shapes up to curl it in the bottom right corner with his right foot. But on purpose and disguised, he hits it with his heel. Mm. So it goes wow. the other way. You should watch it in slow motion. It's amazing. And it always fools absolutely everyone. I don't even think I've seen commentators talk about it because it's so... You can only really tell mm. when you see a proper slow motion replay It's like from a microaggression. It's amazing. It, <laughs> yeah. If you like, it's amazing. It is amazing. And uh, I would he, recommend he, people go and find it. He is the sort of man who would do a microaggression, isn't he? Nah. He's a good lad, James Milner. Oh, yeah. I'm not arguing with that. But if you look at him, he looks so... Like, nice. Yeah. But it's like, as well, you don't imagine he's as muscly as he is. But he is. Like, when he swaps shirts at the end, he's like... Oh, he looks... Ne- no, his whole face is muscly. What are you on about? He's, he's totally... T- oh, he looks no, like he's no, worked no, out no. his jaw. He's, 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 yeah. on, he's on a different level of chiseled. It's Ned Flanders cutting the head. <laughs> it's incredible. Honourable mention nice. for Lee Carsley taking charge of his first game as uh, England under-21's boss. They got a 2-0 win over Kosovo. Rio yeah. Brewster scored and started. Which is amazing because, I mean, Rian Brewster's a name you feel like you've heard for a very long time and he's still only 21. I mean, he takes absolutely no um, pleasure at all in scoring goals for his club, but good for him for getting a goal. Uh, good for him getting a goal. Uh. He takes no pleasure in scoring goals for his club. Well, it's, it's, it's lucky Wait, he doesn't score anything. He just doesn't do it. He just doesn't do it. <laughs> glad to give him a little, glad to give the young man a wee dig on the back of his goal <laughs> for his country. Thanks for that, Luke. More probably time to get to a break after this. We'll be heading into the Agony Aunt Files. See you in a minute. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. I read something, uh, some some quote from uh, the worst manager in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank De Boer. Uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals. Where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have um, a coach like me. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose. <laughs> Because he lost every game. <laughs> it's just so good. It always makes me smile, even though there's so many conflicting emotions. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Me, Andy and Luke in your ears today. And now you get another run out of this little nugget. If you've seen Vishnu Kebab Shop or Dean Smith up a tree, if your dad chinned a referee, Send us an email, please. If you put Messi on a two-shirt, if you sold our tether cheese, if you've got something for us, shuffleround.com. <laughs> I also, I mean, I'd like to rank those things. I'd like our listeners to rank those things in order of likeliness of hap- likelihood of happening. But I'd also like to say that <clears throat> we probably shouldn't be encouraging people's dads to punch referees. No, that's true. <laughs> that feels I, a little bit of a dereliction duty to me. I initially heard it as shinned rather yeah. than chinned. And I was very confu- no, but confused. but he's not encouraging it. He's saying... It's just re- if you have already it done it. If it's happened. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, if yeah. you've seen it. So we can and it wasn't it. your fault. So we can and condemn we condemn it. it. And listen, we're very sensible. Let's make it absolutely clear. Every single person in the Ramble has, um, has seen Vishnu Kebab Shop. <laughs> um, right, shall I start the emails? Do you yeah, want me to go first? Let's do it. Um, Patrick, hello to you, Patrick. Um, very, very welcome here. Welcome along. Um, he says, my tiny, quiet family cat passed away in March. Oh, God. So we adopted a rescue street cat from Abu Dhabi. Our new cat is very happy here. A bit too happy. He's fought off every other cat in the neighbourhood. Fair enough. That's, I mean, that, there is words. Uh, but now he has taken the jumping into other people's houses, fighting their cats in their ho- own home and then stealing their cat's food. He scared a couple of cats out of their own homes 
Our cat is eight kilos of pure muscle. And even though we feed him constantly, he's not gaining any weight. I guess fighting keeps you in shape. How do I tell the neighbours that their cats need to toughen up without being hexed externally? Oh, sorry, hexed eternally <laughs> by the local cat lady coven. Is that the message here? Is that the, is that the answer? Their cats, the local other cats need to toughen up. Well, it's always a, it's so funny because I've got two cats and they're both fat now. And they're both fat because other people keep feeding them. Uh, and there's not much you can do about it. Um, Has this put a new spin on it that they might be stealing the food themselves rather than being fed? I, I'm pretty sure there's a lady over the back of the house who feeds them. Right. Because, because choice. When I went round there to, um, to help um, uh, remove a tree, that's another story. Um, <laughs> Did she, she write in a few weeks ago? She's, she's, no, it's a different tree. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash Ramble, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen. She said to me, Oh, I've been feeding your cats. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> like, because so, anyway, you can't look after them. The point I was going to make is the one thing you can do is that you can get a, a cat flap that syncs up to their microchip so no other cats can get in your house. So if, if, if these people... It's like a digital bouncer. Yeah. You have to sync it. You have to hold your cat under and sync it. <laughs> it's amazing. If they all did that, there'd be no problem here. And eight kilos, can I just say, look, there's a couple of things very, very quickly. One of my cats, I think, is just under seven kilos and he's a bit fat and the other one's about six. Not so bad. The problem I have is that when I go into the vet for their annual checkup and I say, I'm not feeding them too much, someone else is feeding them, I can see the vet looking at me going, yeah, you're a bit fat, so you probably have that same standard to your cats, and not believing me. Right? <laughs> I think that might be projection, Lee. You're looking very well. well. Thank you very much. The second, the second point I'd just like to make is that um, get, yeah, get the old wireless cat flap, sync it up to your cats, no other cats can get in. So what you think he should not only his cats beating up all the other cats, he's also going to go around like some sort of door-to-door salesman on a commission and be like, you need a better cat flap, you loser. Yeah, it's about 70 quid, that cat flap as well, so it's not cheap. <laughs> I, th- I think probably the alternative and possibly cheaper way of dealing with it, you know that bit in um, Back to the Future where Biff Tannen is about to get Marty, who's come back from the future? Yeah. Just dump a load of horse manure on, yeah. on the muscly on them. cat on them, because yeah. that's how you deal with a muscly bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's, and also, I've heard that you can go to the local zoo and get lion dung Ooh. and put that around the bottom of your garden to stop foxes coming in because they think there's a predator in the area. Interesting. Um, this is from uh, Chris Edwards, an Aussie out in China. Given the positive COVID situation in China, I have something of a conundrum to ask of you all. There is a seven-day holiday coming up where people are unusually not planning on travelling around the country. My wife wants to go to a small mountainous area, which would be lovely and quiet. I am tempted to do that, but I would like to travel around the country to potentially watch four different matches in four different stadiums around the country. Hmm. Should I agree with the wife or go on a massive football trip? I think it's it's a hearts and minds situation this here, isn't it? I mean, I don't. He th- needs to work a bit harder. He can't just be like, "Oh yeah, we've got to go to these four like football grounds." Like, tell her a story. Tell yeah. her what we need to get. Why? Why do you want to go there? Get yeah, her yeah. listening to the ramble. Get her on board. <laughs> I think there might be quite a lot of meaning in but in, in this following sentence. My wife wants to go to a small mountainous area, which would be lovely and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> She's not said you want to. She wants you to be there, Chris. To be absolutely fair. So I mean, it might. There might be a hint in that. I'd like to go to a small mountainous area that would be lovely and quiet. Yeah, what That's right. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think. Um. I think you know. I would probably 
Yeah, one, yeah, I think Kate's right. Hearts and minds. My, my wife would particularly love to go to four different matches in four different stadiums. She loves going to live sports. So, I mean, perhaps you can sell it in. Perhaps you've got to do your bit, as you say, to win the heart and mind of your wife. I read something on the BBC a couple of days ago about a guy, you know that walk I did in Spain the, along yeah. the Camino? Some dude did a bit of it as well and ended up in somewhere around where we were, Santander, and fell in love with a League 3 team and started following them all to all of their games despite living in, in Manchester. So it could happen. She could she could yeah, come with you could, on your trip yeah. and end up being an obsessive super fan. That's, it can happen. Absolutely could happen. You, you, what would you prefer to do, to do, Kate? I think I'd probably got to go to the small mountainous area, which would be lovely and but quiet. But you do work in football, don't you? So you, well, it's a bit of a yeah. busman's holiday. It depends. Do fans get paid at the same level as players in China? Because... If they do, I'm definitely up for it. It seems unlikely, games. Andy. I mean, it seems unlikely. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Maybe Keep not sending then. them in on when for your Wednesday shout out the Diego Costa cat and the confusing holiday <laughs> trip. We love to hear them. Uh, and if you've got any questions, email us show at footballramble.com or tweet us at Football Ramble. Now, guys, we all love the World Cup. We all love international football. Well, some of us far more than others. And the great news is there's going to be even more of it, people. Arsene Wenger has had a wonderful idea about having a World Cup every two years. And everyone's in on it. And and it was proposed, apparently, originally by the Saudi Arabian Football Authority. Don't know if that's got any significance at all, Brass. But, um, yeah, what do we think? Well, do we think it's Arsenal's fault for hoying him out and he's basically taking it out on the rest of us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if we can make this somehow possible. be Arsenal's fault, that's fine by me. I think Arsene Wenger's legacy is an incredible one and he's very well respected in the game and rightly so, but he needs to do less of this because it's going to hurt him. <laughs> the thing is, he's, he's a great pundit. He's yeah. a really yeah, great, he's a pundit. great pundit. Let's, let's just leave him doing that. The really yeah. odd thing is that he said something like every fan, I suppose, fans think that this is a great idea and last night, uh, six no, more than that, loads and loads of national fan groups have come out together, teamed up across six confederations, six different mm. areas of the world, issuing a joint <laughs> statement opposing this completely. Yeah. And as they say, which I think is a great point, you know, I'm not one who's like, oh, we must never change anything. You know, I like a bit of jazzing things up and being mm. interesting. That's fine. But as they say, the World Cup has taken place every four years since the inaugural tournament was held in Uruguay in 1930. What are we doing? Yeah, Andy, it's, it's a really good point, and I completely agree with you, Kate. Um, Andy, people who listen to this show will probably be bored of me kind of um, drawing this narrative that every kind of big ticket thing that UEFA or FIFA do seems to be the latest skirmish and a battle between them for control <laughs> of football, right? Yes. yes. Would you say this is an example of this, or am I kind of overstating? No, I, I don't think that's unreasonable, and I, I think... It would not be a surprise to me if this was simply a way of trying to sneak through as a compromise, in inverted commas, an expanded Club World Cup. Yeah, that, okay. that would not surprise me at all. Although Wenger does seem sincerely invested in this. And after a summer where we've had, like, really, I, I know Messi won his international tournament and all the rest of it, but the, the Copper America, I thought, was a thoroughly depressing watch, mm. especially cast against the Euros with no fans in a country that is not in shape to host it, mm. in a public health sense at all, it was like the most pointless football tournament <laughs> that, that I can remember, really. And I remember the Mercantile Cup at Wembley. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really disappointing. Also, I don't really want to put Arsene Wenger in a box with 
Florentino Perez. Mm. But in this of all years, I think we're all pretty suspicious about old guys telling young people what they should want from football. Absolutely. And telling fans what they should want from football. With Let's, let's be fair, at best, minor anecdotal evidence. Well, Florentino Perez would probably presume that if he did get in the box of Arsenal Wenger, it would be, what, 20 years after he wanted him? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, I've got you. Um, I, I think also we need to have a note for the uh, for the players. I mean, it, you know... This is the core of you, it. You've got to be... Um, You've got to be siding with 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 Jurgen Klopp and his point on it, where you know I think sometimes Jurgen Klopp makes that point for his own kind of fairly selfish ends, yeah. which you'd expect. Fair enough, I've got no problem with that. But overall, you have to say, you know, something's got to give here. You can't you can't expect the the sport to keep getting more and more intensive, more and more demands physically and mentally placed on football players, and maintain the status quo. It's it's I mean the 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 the, the example of the players that Wenger used for his argument. That are in favour, mm. all retired, all retired. So, <laughs> no shit. so, and, and and I do, I do think there's a reason that it's. I don't think you have to be some kind of old-fashioned kind of fusty conservative to say there's a reason this is every four years. You know, there's a reason the Olympics is every four years. It's supposed to be the pinnacle. It's supposed to be something that's really genuinely special, and you remove some of the specialness from it. And also, I think we're in a position where we're like quite close to removing a lot of the specialness from football as well. And I'm, I'm yeah. not talking necessarily about the geopolitical element of it, although that is important. But in terms of that actual football, what's actually happening on the pitch and the spectacle that we all want, look look what COVID's done to football. And the response of football to that at large has been not, let's take a step back from the moment. I've said this before, but I think it's worth saying again, from the moment that we go back to Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid in the Champions League, where it shouldn't have happened and there should have been a sense of you know we, we need to do something of yeah, being, yeah. Ex- exactly the fact that we have too being much grown fo- up. we have too much football and that is because that that is why we cannot react to real events yeah. because there is not any time to do that therefore we are playing too much football the response to that <laughs> last season was let's play the same amount of football in less time mm. oh brass they cancelled a few replays it's not it's not <laughs> It's not good for that. Thank goodness we didn't get penalties in, in the Papa John's last night. <laughs> you know, you think there's... It, it's, it's not good for the players. It's not good for the fans. It's just not good for anyone, apart from the people who, who are wanting to monetize the television side of it. All the evidence suggests and that ultimately, you get injured more often yeah. at this level of competition. And ultimately, exactly. Quantity, I mean. And yeah. you're more likely to get injured the more intense... Uh, pressure you put your body under that's why it seems a little bit odd and there are other reasons for it but that's partly the reason why players will come off with 10 minutes to go 15 minutes to go because the layman will think well you've played 75 minutes why can't you play 90 because you're far more likely to get injured when your body's under stress because you're tired and if you can't relax and you can't rest which is what would happen if there's yet another can i can i also add something just very very quick that we haven't mentioned which is the idea that it's also an inherently arrogant position from fifa and i'll tell you why because they've taken for granted the idea that the World Cup next year will be a success because if the World Cup really has always been a success, generally speaking, it's always got bigger and bigger. Now, you can talk about, say, the quality of football in 1990 or the social political aspect of 2010, 2010. or whatever. Yeah. But ultimately, the, the World Cup has always kind of grown and grown and grown. They shouldn't take for granted that next year's World Cup will be a success. I agree. And like compared and, to its usual that, so, settings, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost in a village setting. When you look yeah. at the size That's of the country. That's a weird time of year for, for compared football to, colour generally. Yeah, compared to Russia and Brazil, which, you know, all other questions aside, 
have great football histories mm. and football is passionately followed all over an absolutely enormous country. And it's a totally weren't... different context. And that's without the even change in terms of time of year. And they weren't, a t- in terms of Brazil, you know, that wasn't a total, that was maybe a success in the moment, but it wasn't a success subsequently. In no, terms I, th- of what I think to the stadiums. Yeah, and the, 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 the legacy is a mess. The legacy and people, you know, why have we spent all this money when we're suffering? Um, someone who's been mm. speaking about this is, is the Finland captain, Tim Spav, um, who has. In a pretty impressive piece, I thought, in the Players' Tribune. Yeah. It's brilliant, yeah. About the situation in Qatar and, and basically using his position to call for other people in his position to use their positions mm. to talk about something that's deeply significant, which is the human rights record in, in the country that is going to host the World Cup next year. He talked about how Finland went to camp, a camp there in January for training and this is a quote from the from the essay. It seems crazy that while migrant workers were suffering and even dying in Qatar, I was worrying about the distance between our midfield and our defence. Um, and he says he's also recently been speaking to a group of migrant workers to try and educate himself. I think, you know, as you guys know, I lived there for a couple of years and I remember arriving in, in, in May when it, there's a lot of misinformation. We talked before about the weather and there's a lot of misinformation about how hot it's going to be. It's going to be a normal temperature when the World Cup is played. That's why it's been moved there. It's going to be about 20 degrees, about the same sort of temperature as Russia was or possibly quite a little bit colder. But in the summer, it is 50 degrees. Yeah. And um, in May when I arrived, yeah, it would have been 42, maybe 45. And um, and I remember turning up to the hotel and, and everywhere was a building site pretty much. And there was just a massive hole in the ground next to where I was staying. Brilliant. They they obviously valued me pretty highly, popping me in that one. Um, And there were people working through the night, because that's when it's marginally colder, but it's still 42, you know, it's still Mm. within the range. Um, All these workers just working outdoors in in 50 degree heat. Now, that's just obviously anecdotal. And these these figures that Tim Sparv quotes, 6,500 deaths that Mm. were reported in The Guardian, these are heavily contested. by by the authorities running this World Cup, of course, um, but just anecdotally watching that, you know, I, I I didn't find it very possible to go outdoors in fifty degrees heat, let alone mm. lug bits of concrete around. Mm. So yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really tricky situation. Of course, the the conditions there clearly are pro- highly problematic, and and the, and, the, and 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 the numbers can be contested or whatever. I know you're not saying this, but you know. The, the, the numbers that have been put out there are, are being put out there by kind of credible human rights organisations who do a lot of good work around the world. And even uh, if you shaved a bit off, it's still f- way exactly. beyond an acceptable and level. It's also the system as well, right? The system where, you know, it's it's a sponsorship. Is it called the Kafala system? The yeah. sponsorship system where you hand you you kind of, you, you, you go to Qatar for the express reason to have a job that someone's given you. And then that, and that really opens workers up to exploitation because essentially they're relying on that employer for everything and they can you know behave in various different um, unacceptable ways to say the least and make it very very difficult um uh, for, for those workers which is you know an understatement but you understand what i mean mm. the the issue i think which is really interesting is that if you took a, took this from a football point of view it's not difficult to imagine we've got you know just over a year to go there could be a bit of a groundswell here. And and this is where this links back into what we were talking about earlier, that FIFA shouldn't take for granted the idea that this is going to be successful and that this is going to be acceptable and that people are going to really jump on board with it. I have a huge issue with it personally. Very, very. It's not about me, obviously, but very difficult thing to navigate when you love your job, you love the sport, you want, you look forward to a big tournament, you want to cover it and you want to deliver... You know, for, for enthusiasm. Want of a better, yeah, mm. enthusiasm and our take on the games and that's what we yeah. do. 
is it is it is it easy for us to do that when it's all predicated on the idea that thousands of people are losing their lives? It's awful. Now there's injustice all over the world, of course, and there's lots of problematic things. Everything's linked to everything else. No one lives in a vacuum. But the next year or so is going to be a very soul-searching one for anyone who who loves football. And we shouldn't understate how important that's going to be. And we shouldn't also be able to accurately predict that this game, this tournament, as I said, is going to be successful. And, and in I, fact, I think, you could argue that it's already not successful because of what's gone on. Yeah, and I think players are in a different place now. That's what's important, I think, that players uh, feel em- empowered and compelled to speak out on stuff um, directly without going through their clubs, without asking... Um, uh, kit sponsors or or brands or any of that they feel they have that direct link through social media I think a lot of them if you you look at Germany you look at you know Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich have been doing stuff um, mobilizing charity funds in Goretzka's case um, speaking out against political stuff that he's not happy about and receiving quite a lot of pushback from right-wing groups about it as as well I think because of people like him and obviously over here, Raheem Sterling, Marcus Rashford, Tim Sparv speaking out on this is great. And this is very, very relevant and very interesting. But I think you're right, Kate. He realises that players bigger than him. He even says that in the article. Yeah. Quite self-deprecating. I'm just a nobody. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's right, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he, can, he can obviously get people talking about that more in his part of the football community, but it does need <laughs> people higher up the footballing food chain to talk about it more. And I feel that that football and football players are are ready for that. Of course, Tony Kroos has, has, has talked about this a bit already. I think I think that's fair. I do think we have to be careful drawing comparisons with political causes, though, because you know I think that the the, the thing that made, for example, Marcus Rashford's campaign um, successful or part of it. Mm. It's not just the. It's fact not that party affiliated. It's, well, it's not. Poli- it's not a political yeah. point that yeah. children should have food. And if you yeah. feel that's a political point, you're probably lost to us anyway. Likewise, yeah. it's not a political point that people shouldn't die at work or people shouldn't be exploited or human trafficking shouldn't mm. happen. If you have a political view on that, then you are lost to us anyway. So we have to. We have to understand that you know, this is about more than politics. Mm. I do have a certain. I know, I know we need to move on, but I do have a very certain amount of sympathy for perhaps the people who are governing at the moment because they've been left this legacy issue of Qatar and it's difficult to see it's easy for us to sit here and kind of chip off about it it's very difficult to see how they would navigate their way out of it without causing a huge amount of problems but ultimately if they have to do that they should prioritise people's lives rather than you know the financial benefit or whatever it may Agreed. be they tried to make it more difficult they tried to make it 48, 48 teams so anyway we'll come on to it we'll continue to talk about it yeah that's tonight, the least we can do I think yeah I think yes. so tonight um, Poland are facing England uh, they need a win tonight effectively to stop England really sealing top stop in their qualifying group. Lewandowski missed the 2-1 defeat to England at Wembley in March. Head coach Palace Souza doesn't seem too optimistic, does he? We want to compete against the best, but we know we don't have the same level as England. If they lose a player, they have two or three of the same level. Here it's just Robert. <laughs> <laughs> nice classic bit of Portuguese bluntness there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be a real motivator for the gang. Jan tonight. Bedrack might find that a bit offensive, Luke. Well, I mean, yeah, fair enough. I, mean, I, don't, I don't think anyone, even with my affili- without my affiliation, could say that Bednarak's in the same bracket as Lewandowski. <laughs> Look, Lewandowski, the joke on the side, Lewandowski can hurt England. We all know that. He's, for me, the best number nine in the world. He, he can also make chances for himself. Um, so, you know, if England aren't at it, they'll get punished, I expect. 
but you'd expect England to to have enough to get through the game tonight. And if they do, they'll they'll they'll, they'll qualify for the, for the for the World Cup. I think they'll qualify for it anyway. Um, but they'll definitely qualify if they win tonight. Um, I, I think England look like a really coherent, strong unit. They're a bit of a machine now. Um, but that doesn't mean complacency can't set in. It doesn't mean that you can't get unstuck. And when you're playing up against a player of that quality, he can do he can do anything. And he's not just a number nine who who who, who finishes off chances or who's a deadly finisher. He can make his own shot. He makes his own chances. And a he lot. bullies he bullies defenders. And yeah. he enjoys bullying defenders. Well, as which is what makes him so all good. Strike, to watch. All strikers should enjoy bullying defenders. What? That's just be part. Of oh it. yeah, but Lewandowski he more loves the it. most. He's the, he's that cat. <laughs> he's yeah. that cat. That's what he's he is. The Lewandowski cat. Susan says he knows with the national team he needs to do four, five, six times more than he does at Bayern. Okay, but, I mean, he scored his seventieth international goal on Thursday's win against Albania. He says he's better than ever at thirty-three. Ages just numbers, isn't it, Russ? <laughs> I also feel like Adam Buxer should get in that mention. New England Revolution's Adam Buxer. He scored a hatchery against San Marino and also scored against Albania. He's in form as well. Yeah, good stuff. Is, is, is he an advert for pudding ahead of main course? I don't think so. No, he isn't. No, he well isn't. then. He isn't. Well Absolutely then. not. That's what Lewandowski does, apparently. Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a couple of, You'll know more about this than us, Mason. I heard listening to Pudding this on, before me. On the radio. I heard, I, heard, <laughs> I heard, seriously, coincidence as it may be, I heard this morning on the radio a couple of athletes, might have been one of your lot, the old triathletes, yeah. talking about how um, they do reverse eating. Oof. Dessert, main course, then starter. I don't know about this. Breaks down the sugar more quickly. I don't know what the science is behind it. I suspect it's probably yeah, questionable. Mrs. Mrs. Lewandowski is a dietitian. Is she really? Yes, that's where it comes There's from. There's the secret seat behind does. every great man. I think what better moment to plug our Patreon if you yeah. enjoy this kind of insight. Uh, and Or if you like the one we put out on Sunday, you can get more of that stuff on our Patreon. Bonus episodes, ad-free rambles, live streams and much, much more. Hang out with us. Head over to patreon.com slash football ramble. Do it now. Yeah, we we did um we did um uh, we put a Patreon show out on the main feed on Saturday I think or Sunday just to give people a little taste of the biscuit and it was me and Pete I think and Marcus talking about the things that we want to kick out of football and um, Pete some for some reason Pete had thought about it and decided that um, he wanted to get rid of barcodes as in the actual barcodes <laughs> on the turnstiles that was the main issue for him. There's a job at FIFA waiting for him, I'm telling you. Because that man will fiddle while Rome burns like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I need to go and have a lie down and think about that, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, tomorrow's show, it's Marcus, Vish and Andy. You are back. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye. Say goodbye, Luke. Goodbye, Luke. We'll see you next time. Never gets old, <laughs> Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.